go to the Word, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. Lord, as we go to your Word today, we ask you to speak. We ask you to, uh, uh, to uh, as we open our hearts, we ask you to deal with us. We ask you to uh, work in us. And we thank you that your supernatural wisdom, your supernatural impartation, supernatural revelation, Lord, that it comes to us. Lord, today as we listen to you, as we study your word, I thank you, Lord, that your word comes alive in my heart. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, say one more time, say amen. Amen. Can I give this to you? Amen. I've got too many things on the podium and I had it in my pocket and I don't want it. Will you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15? As you can see from the screens, we are in the middle of a season called Supernatural. Everybody say, it's a season, not a series. We call them seasons so it gives us a little more flexibility. A, a series had a con- has a connotation that it's, it's very well planned out and, and uh, that it's step by step. And uh, we're big on the Holy Spirit here at Family Worship Center being a part of our services and, and uh, um, being led by the Spirit. I think it's important that we're led by the Spirit in every aspect of our life, and it should, it should be no different when we come together for corporate worship. For for as, as, at a in a church service, we should let God's Spirit move. Amen. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about how God puts the super on top of our natural. He puts the super on top of our natural. You know, God is not natural. God is not natural. There's not one thing natural about God. He is not flesh and bone. He is not, that's not, he is a spirit. The Bible gives us several indications uh, throughout scripture that he is a spirit. God is a spirit. We also know that God existed before us. God created us and, and that God is, uh, um, um, uh, you know, the Bible says he holds the world in his hands. That we cannot even fathom how big, how amazing, how awesome God actually is. And as big as he is, and as amazing as he is, he created you and I and knows everything about us. He knows everything about us, and he cares about our life here and our life to come. And so when we talk about supernatural and and how does that fit in our life, God wants you to live a successful life here on earth. Jesus said that. And before I read this scripture give you another scripture to think about as you read this one. Jesus said this, he was questioned, you know, hey, how do we know who sent you and how do we know you're from God? And Jesus said, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I did not come here on my own. What I've said, I did not say on my own. I am, I am God in the flesh. And if you've seen me, you've seen the father. That's important because when we see what Jesus did and how he operated, how he moved, how he talked, how he dealt with people, that's how God is. If you've seen Jesus, which we have, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, four different accounts tell us what Jesus was like. It covers his birth, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection in four different uh, books of the Bible. It'd be like if... if um, if four of us were standing on the uh, four corners of a, of a uh, intersection, and each of us are on four corners, and there's an accident at the intersection, all four of us would have four different accounts if the police came and interviewed us. 
They would all interview us. We'd have four different accounts. They'd say, hey, Brother Mike, uh, what did you see? Well, I saw the red car. It looked like he was speeding up, and then he came through. And uh, I couldn't see the, uh, from where I was standing, though, I couldn't see the red light, whether it was red or green. But it looks like he sped up, and then the other car came across, and they hit. And then another person would say something, another person, and then, and then you could go, well, Miss Stephanie, what did you see? Oh, I saw the light was yellow. And then right as he passed, it turned red. I'm pretty sure he ran that red light and then hit the other car. Well, you see what I'm saying? There's four different perspectives of Jesus' life that we have. You know what? They all corroborate. They all line up. They all agree. What do they agree with? That Jesus was the Son of God in flesh, that he came to this earth, lived a sin-free life, died on the cross for you and I, was on the third day resurrected. The Bible says that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and I, and that that power resides in us so that we can do great exploits on this earth and have supernatural results in our life. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen to what it says here in John 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Last week, I started talking about supernatural joy. I didn't, uh, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy this topic. I don't think I had ever preached a whole message on the, the supernatural joy of God and what it means to have joy. But, it, but all of us, you know, we want to be happy. We seek out things that make us happy. How many of you love going to a restaurant you hate? Y'all can laugh in church. Like, I mean, like, can you imagine going to a restaurant that you hate? Can you imagine going to a place, if, if, you, if you hated, I don't know, everybody makes fun of McDonald's, even though it's still the number one chain. So I know you all eat it, but we all say, if you ask somebody, they're like, oh, I hate McDonald's. And then on Tuesday, you're in there getting a double cheeseburger and a Diet Coke. But if you're like, hey, I hate McDonald's, I mean, how many of you are like, you know, maybe it's not McDonald's, but maybe some, some other restaurant, you had a bad experience, you don't like going there, you don't sign up to go and do things you don't like to do. You want to be happy. And God wants you to not just be happy, but have joy. To have something in you that says, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to be, I'm going to choose the joy of the Lord. And as you'll see in another scripture, as I kind of get ahead of myself, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That it's our strength. And, and that, that, that in, the, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. He wants us to have joy. And he says here, I want my joy to be in you so that your joy may remain full. We talked about last week, I don't want to recount the whole sermon. You can go back and watch it on YouTube and Facebook, and we have a podcast. You can listen on the go. But we, we, we talked about how if he said that, hey, my joy, I want it to remain in you so that your joy can remain full. Obviously, that means that it, can't, that, that it has the option, joy has the option to come and go. Or he wouldn't have said that it may remain. Why would he say, I want it to remain if it doesn't have the option to go? Well, how does it go? We talked about it last week. One of the main ways is that the devil comes to steal your joy. And that we can't let him do that. We, we have to resist and not allow him to steal the joy from our life. It was a, a great sermon last week. I encourage you to go and listen to it. Today I want to talk to you about some more practical things that we can do to, to defeat discouragement. 
to defeat discouragement, to overcome discouragement. You know, the devil, his whole MO, his whole job, what does John 10.10 say? The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the devil came to do, was to steal from you, to kill things in your life, and if that's not good enough, he'll destroy something else. You, I heard one pastor say it this way, that he'll steal from you, then he'll kill things in your life. Well, what's left to destroy after, after, uh, after he's killed things? Well, he destroys your faith. He'll destroy, I think somebody just said hope. He'll destroy things around you, relationships. You know, after things in your life are affected, it can affect other things. Can you say amen? If you go through a health issue, all of a sudden your finances might be affected. Your relationships might be affected. Your job might be affected. If, if, you, if you have a, a, you know, maybe the devil gets in your marriage and then something happens there and your marriage falls apart, it's unrectifiable, and you have to go through a, a divorce, well, well, then you have to have uh, uh, things that happen with your, your children if you have children. The devil wants to destroy you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill. But you know what? God actually gave us supernatural abilities that are, if you have the Spirit of God in you, they're already there for you to activate them, for you to use them, for you to utilize them. And that's why it's so important to not allow the things that happen to us to steal what God's already given us. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. It says this but in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Did you know, listen, did you know you have in the inside of you you actually have the ability, you have the ability inside of you to control your temper. People say it all the time, oh, well, I just, mm-mm, they done made me mad. Oh, I'm hot. Woo! Storm out of places, flip tables, do things. I mean, get, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm just short-tempered. And we confess these things, we say these things, you know, you might have parents, well, you know, my, my mom and my dad, they were short-tempered, and so I'm short-tempered. Where's that in the Bible? That's actually not hereditary, by the way. It's a learned behavior. My wife had this um, thing, she took a, uh, you know, she's, she just went, recently went back to school to get her master's in education, she's a school teacher, and she sent me the graphic, because I, I asked her for it, she was telling me about it, and I said, hey, text that graphic to me, I want to I see it. I probably should have brought it up, but I didn't know this would be in the sermon. It was this graphic of things that are innate. Like, like if she has a kid come in her classroom, if you have children, and you all were children at some point, there are things that are innate in us, and then there are learned behaviors. And the point of her class, of course, was that, that she needs to recognize that, that somebody might not know kindness. They might not, you know, they might not have been taught manners, things like that. But in there, in that list, were several things that were fruits of the Spirit. Oh, man, I wish I would have brought that graphic up. Because it was really interesting. Because this was a, a, a secular class. This wasn't like a, I mean, I don't know if the, 
the person who was doing the class was saved or not, but I mean, this was like national resources and research that had gone into this, and I don't think this was like a scriptural thing. They were just talking on a purely natural level. There are things that are learned behaviors, and we learn, we learn short-temperedness. We learn that. But actually in you, look at, look at verse 23. Look at verse 23. Gentleness and what? Self-control. Self-control. One, one translation has uh, 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 the word temperance. Well, what is temperance? Temperance is the ability to control your temper. Temperance. You actually have in you. This is, go back to verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? As the Spirit is in me, when I ask Jesus to come in my life, what happens? The Bible says that all things are made new. He comes in and makes my spirit new. Everybody say new. The Bible actually says this. It says the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Old things have passed away. Well, what are the old things? It's not my... uh, on my flesh, because I still look the same, sound the same, smell the same, whatever, same hair color, same eye color, what happens? On the inside, I'm made new. So, there's something now on the inside of me, a supernatural thing, recreation, happens on the inside of me that makes my spirit like his spirit. We go on to understand from Paul that that it actually recreated a, a, and made our bodies a living house or a living temple for the Spirit of God. Okay, so then when the Spirit of God comes in, what happens? There's fruit that comes with the Spirit. This is called the fruit of the Spirit. Some of us need to water our tree. You know, a, a, a tree doesn't bear fruit unless it has the right ingredients. Unless it's in the right soil, the right sunlight, that it's watered. Some of us need to be reminded this morning that inside of me is a living Spirit of God. He, he's, he, it's a, the Bible lists the Spirit of God as a He. The, the, the person of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And there's fruit that he produces in your life, and you choose to eat of it or not. You choose to allow that, you know, this is hard. I shouldn't say it's hard because this is what I'm called to do. But you, you know as a pastor you're stepping on people's toes because people don't like to hear that it's their fault. I, I don't like to hear that it's my fault. Does anybody in here agree with me? You don't like hearing, I messed up. You don't like hearing, oh, I made a boo-boo. Oh, I could have handled that differently. I've learned through the years I'm not perfect at this, but I really try hard to, 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 to be the first one to just apologize and say, you know what, How, what could I have done better in this situation? Because it's real easy to point out the other person and tell them everything that they did wrong, but you know what, there's probably something I could have done different. There's something I could have done better. I could have exercised a little more patience. I could have handled that a little bit differently. I could have uh, 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 responded in a different way. And and when you learn to look at your life that way, it actually causes you to realize, you know what? There are things that I I cannot control other people, but I can control me. Everybody say this. Say you control you. 
Look to your neighbor. You hadn't looked at him in a minute. Y'all been looking up at me. Look to your neighbor. Make sure they're still, if they're, if they're asleep, go ahead and give them a nice elbow. Punch them in the gut, something like that. Don't hit them in the face, though. We don't need any uh, assault and battery in here. Okay. Look at them and say, you control you. Now, everybody say this. Say, you do not control what's around you, but you control you. The only way that we influence what's around us is by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. And our faith, the Bible says, will cause mountains to move. We can speak to mountains, and we know that. But, but I have no control over whether that mountain pops up in my life. The devil will put things and drop things in your life and put things in your way, put people in your way, cause people to have a bad day so they come in and tick you off. And he'll do things like that, and then you allow it to steal your joy. You allow it to steal your peace. You allow it to steal your self-control. I shouldn't say you like it's not me. I am probably the most guilty one in here of allowing things. I've gotten better through the years, praise God. But man, I, I just, I, I, I don't know how I, I, I could probably tell you what I think, how I learned it. But I just, I know through the years I learned these behaviors that as soon as something happened, I wear my emotions on the sleeve and I respond and I'm going to respond a certain way and y'all are just going to have to deal with it. Well, then you realize, wait a second, that's not right. That's actually not biblical. That on the inside of me, God gave me the ability and the the, the, uh, supernatural power to say, hold on a second, I'm going to respond with love. Put it back up there for me real quick. I know it's it's been up there for a while, and I've I've trained them not to leave the verse up there too long, but I want you all to see this. I want you to see the fruit of the Spirit. What's the first fruit of the Spirit? The Bible says that the, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Well, I just, I just cannot love them. Eh, wrong. You actually can. You actually can. You actually have the ability inside of you to love one another. You actually have the ability. You need to exercise. You know, on a, a Brother Drill, y'all saw him play the drums this morning. He heads up our music. Uh, uh, here in Columbia, and, and, and does a phenomenal job with it. Um, uh, can sing, does, is very talented. Now, if I, I, I've never asked him this, so I hope this goes well. When, when did you recognize you had musical gifts and abilities? And his mom's standing right there, so he can't lie, because she's not going to let him lie. Around what age, Miss Stephanie? 12, 12, 13. Okay, now, at 12 or 13 years old, did you just all of a sudden become an expert drummer? I mean, y'all saw him today, great drummer, on time, on tempo, phenomenal. How about, how about the other things that you've learned? Um, re, you can read and write music. You can do all those things. You, you know how to produce music and orchestrate. You know how to teach bands. Did you start doing that at 12? Did you cultivate it? Did you go to lessons in school and do educational type things? You know, if that happens on a natural level, we have to realize that there are things in us that we have to cultivate. That as I spend time, and the things I'm going to talk about today, I wanted to set it up with this so that you understand, as you do these things, it will actually help you cultivate what's already in you. What you're actually learning to do is curb your, your uh, to get the, listen, this is really good. The Lord just gave this to me. You ready? You're learning to curb the natural, to get the natural out of the way so the supernatural can work. 
to get the natural out of the way so the supernatural can work. There's nothing, you know, I shouldn't say there's nothing wrong because some of us have really bad habits, but I'm not trying to beat you up because you were raised in a household or, or, or picked up a habit or whatever it might be. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to use myself as examples this morning. I've been guilty of it too. But, but you know what? God doesn't want you to stay where you are. Man, he does not want you to stay where you are. Every time I read God's word and study his word and spend time with him, you know what I sense in my spirit? I may be in different avenues and different ways, but it's an overarching theme that God wants me to get better. God wants me to go higher. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God does not want you to stay where you are. He does not want you to be joyless. He does not want you to be down, depressed, sorrowful. He does not want you to go through life, you know, sick and defeated. You have already defeated the devil because the Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Who's in this world? The devil. And I'm greater because God's inside me. You've defeated, the Bible says. He's already defeated the devil. He's already, like, like I, I do this every once in a while, and I, I know you might think it gets old, but I like it. Everybody pick up your shoe and just look on the bottom of your shoe. That's where the devil is. You should take your shoes at home, whatever one, if you're right hand or left hand, just pick a good foot, whatever one that you would normally look at, and just write devil on the bottom of your shoes. So that, Every time you see the bottom of your shoes, you'll remember that's where he belongs. And I'm not going to allow, the other day I, I killed a snake. It was a little baby snake. You know what I did? I stomped on it. Because I didn't have a shovel, I didn't have anything, I didn't have, and so I just stomped on it. I did this whole number. I, I, I wish somebody would have taped it. I bet I looked, you know, and it's a little snake. I wasn't scared, but I also didn't really know exactly how to handle it. Come on. Can I just be real with y'all? I know I'm like, you know, I, I'm a man's man, but I'm glad nobody was around when I killed that snake. I wasn't scared. I promise y'all, I was not scared. But I, I, I was careful. I was meticulous in how I used my right foot. But you know what? I, I, I squashed him, killed him, drug him in the, you know, concrete or whatever, so that way... You know, uh, um, it actually was around here, so I didn't want it to get in. You know, I didn't know what kind of snake it was. Probably came up from all the, the rain and stuff we had back here in this little wooded area. So anyways, I, I'm, I'm thinking after that, you know, that is what we should be doing with the devil. When you see something pop up in your life that's not supposed to be there, don't allow it. Like I said, oh, well, look, come on, come right into the church, Mr. Snake. Yet we do that all the time. We, we allow things to come in our life and just open the door. Just, just, just come right in. You have the ability in you. Think about that last one, fruit of the Spirit, self-control. You have a fruit of the Spirit that God's given you. Self-control. Everybody say self-control. We'll work backwards. Everybody say gentleness. You have the ability to be gentle, to be kind, to be kind-hearted. Don't, don't say that anymore. Well, I'm just, I'm just not that nice of a person. I mean, if you want to go through life that way, God will, will let you. But I, 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 know, I know some other scripture, and you know what it says? I'm supposed to be a light. And it's hard to be a light if every day I'm just ticking people off. 
And every day people are mad at me. And every day people hate my guts. I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect and everybody's going to get along with me. I've got a strong personality. I can tell you, probably not going to happen, but I can try. I can work on what's in me and say, man, I'm going to make sure that I didn't do anything to harbor that relationship, ruin my witness, ruin the ability for me to speak to them. I'm, I'm not going to be guilty of that. I can't control them. I can't control what they do, but I can control me. And listen, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power. If that means later i got to swallow my pride and apologize, I'll do it. I, I, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I, I shouldn't have said that. Well, what if they don't apologize? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says forgive them. I can't control their level of forgiveness. I can't control what they do, but, but me? The Bible says if you don't forgive, your prayers won't be heard. Forgive others so that your Father in heaven will hear you. The, 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 these things are important. You actually have the fruit of the Spirit. Don't let what's around you steal your fruit. So how do we defeat discouragement? I want to give you six things, and i got to... Hurry up to get through these. Six things. Number one, I actually talked about um, um, several weeks ago. I'm sorry I don't have the date, but the second week, Supernatural Part 2, or Week 2, we talked about praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Number one, w- number one way to defeat discouragement, defeat you know anything that's, that's discouraging you, stealing your joy, dragging you down, pray in the Spirit. I know it sounds cliche to pray, but specifically, pray in the Spirit. I'm not going to delve into this one because I really covered that several weeks ago. But I want you to know, that's a really good way. Because the Bible says in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, that, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, I believe it's verse 4 or verse 5, says that when you pray in the Spirit, or you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. You edify your soul. You, you, you build yourself up. So what happens? When you pray in the Spirit, it takes your, 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 the Bible says your spirit's praying. You're not focused on what's around you anymore. You're letting your spirit build up the, the, your man, your person. Amen? And it's biblical. Number two, this is really good. Number two way to defeat discouragement. Praise and thank God. Praise and thank God. We did that today. And I've kind of been on a kick of doing that in every one of our services, kind of, you know, forcing you. Before we move on, we're going to praise God. I hope that you can sense the difference. I hope that you can tangibly sense the difference that when you praise God, his presence comes in. What does it say in in, uh, Psalms 22.3? God inhabits the praises of Israel, or some translations say of his people. Well, Israelites were God's people. We are now God's people because Jesus came to, to, for, for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm a Gentile, I'm not a Jew. That means I'm God's people. In the same way that he would inhabit the praises of Israel, he'll inhabit my presence when I pray, praise him, when I thank him. When, when I just, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I thank you. I thank you that you've made a way where there is no way. I thank you that you've, ma- that you've got a solution even if I can't see it. God, I thank you. You know what else you can do? You can praise God. Pull up some testimonies. And don't just think about them, but actually pull them out and say them. Tell somebody about them. If you're going, listen to me, this, is really, real, this will really, really help you. 
If you're going through something, take a testimony and share some, like, like I'm talking about something God did last year or years ago, and start sharing. Find five people. Determine in your life, I'm going to find five people and just tell them this testimony. You'll feel differently about what you're going through. That problem that seems so big will begin to look so small. Because you begin to remember, man, if God healed me five years ago, and then now I'm going through this financial crisis, God, God only loved me five years ago? Like he doesn't love me the same today? He doesn't care about me today? No, that's, we all know that's not true. And so when you, when you praise God for something that he's done in your life, and you thank him, it changes your focus. Amen? Amen. I'll say this, praise changes your posture. I'm a, I'm, I, I have a tendency to slouch. I'm working on it. I have to work on my posture. I have to work on, I'm not so bad when I'm, when I'm, when I'm standing, but, but when I'm sitting, I'm a bad, bad sloucher. I have to work on my posture. When you praise, it changes your posture. It changes you to stand up. You know what? God's actually for me. He's been for me before. He'll be for me again. He's for me right now. And I know this thing that I'm going through, it, it stinks. It's terrible. It's whatever. But you know what? It will not steal my joy. I'm not going to allow it to discourage me. I'm not going to walk around with my head down and my face all sour and all. No, I may go in my prayer closet and, 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 and let it out between God. I may let my spouse know, man, this is really hurting. But you will not see me walk around all defeated. Well, are you, are you saying that you're just going to fake it? Like, No, I'm not faking it. I, I actually have joy inside of me. Like, th think about that. I have joy. It's a, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's in there. That, which means if I'm walking in the Spirit, which we're called to do, New Testament, Paul says, walk in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. If I'm doing that, then joy should be a regular part of my day-to-day -day activities with God. Daily, I should have joy in my life. I should be happy. I should be looking for things to be excited about. I should be, you know, when, when I get to see my kids and they get out of school, man, I'm excited. God gave me these kids. I'm excited. I'll stop whatever I'm doing when they run in. Hey, hey, what's up? How was your day? What are you doing? If they don't come talk to me, I chase them down. Kaylee's good. She'll come and talk to me. Madison usually goes and finds some food. She wants the snacks. So I have to go and find her at Madison, and then she'll remember. She'll come over, and she's all cheesy, and she'll hug me. How's your day, baby? Man, I'm excited. It doesn't matter. They will never know. If I just had just gotten the bad news or, or had a bad day or had, you know, you know, uh, uh, the other day I got so frustrated. My insurance company, uh, homeowners insurance, they decided, hey, uh, we're canceling your insurance. I said, excuse me? No, you're not. I called up there and they said, yeah, well, we sent you this information back in, I don't know, it was like February or something. I said, I apologize. I never received it. And they said, yeah, you got some limbs touching your house. I was like, I don't, like, you know, we did work on trees right after we moved in. But now, I'm like, there's, there's no limbs. And they said, yeah, it says overhanging and touching. He said, here, I'll send you the document. And they sent it to me. It's like, you know, a five-year-old crepe myrtle, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a, just a simple tree. And these little limbs are rubbing against the side of the house. Now, thankfully, I did not get all worked up about that before calling them and finding out this information. But I'm just telling you guys, Pastor JT from five years ago, before calling them, I would have gotten all worked up. 
Anybody else like me? Come on. I would have gotten all worked up and what's going to happen and then they're, they're going to cancel my insurance. Oh man, now I got to go I got to go find new insurance. I got to shop new insurance and this is tied to my car insurance and now I'm going to have to find new car insurance. And I'd be so anxious and so you know dealing with this whole thing when when it turns out it took me about 15 minutes to go out there snap off the limbs, take them, put them by the side of the road, take four or five pictures and email them. Fixed. Problem resolved. And there's things like that in our life that drain us, that steal our joy. It doesn't take much, you know, it doesn't take a big calamity. I mean, sometimes I use big, you know, like, like, like cancer or something like that, and that would obviously be a big detriment to your life. But sometimes it's the little foxes. Come on, somebody. Nobody in here have any, any little things in your life that come in and the devil would try to steal? Look what it says in Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen to me this morning. It says right here, in God's presence there is what? Fullness of joy. Joy that is full. That's in his presence. Well, what happens when we praise God? His presence comes in. We just read that. His presence fills you. Listen, when I praise God, he inhabits my presence, and my presence is now filled with his presence, and in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. That means that I can actually, on command, bring joy into my life by praising God. I just read you the scripture. I, I you, you, you know, well, I just, I just tell you, I'm just having such the hardest year. Well, well stop. Stop having the hardest year. I, I, I've already told you, you can't control what's around you, but you can control whether you make it a hard year or not. You can control whether you make it a hard day or not. You can control whether you make it a bad day. It's up to us to say, you know what? I mean, what if, what, that's what the devil wants is to come in and ruin your day right when, when God had already orchestrated for you to go to dinner with that, some, you know, you were going to a work dinner and at that dinner you were going to sit beside the person who needed to hear about Jesus and you've got a sour face on because the devil came in and ruined your lunch hour. Don't do that. Don't allow the devil to steal that stuff. Determine in your life, man, I, I'm going to live a life of joy. Man, I'm going to put a smile on my, my God is good. He's good all the time. Hey, I don't, I, you know what? I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I know one thing. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father above who does not change like shifting shadows, which means if he doesn't change, then if he's good yesterday, he's good today, and he's good tomorrow. So the thing I'm going through is not from him. Huh, it must be the devil. Huh, it must be the world. Huh, maybe I made a mistake. But you know what? Whether it's one of those three things, God's got a way. He's got a way where there is no way, and he's going to take me up, from, take me from down and take me up. He's going to lift up my head. Come on, man. We got we to live a life full of joy. Live a life full of happiness. Live a life full of, you know, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live a life. I, our house, we're going to be a happy house. We're going to be a, a joyful house. We're going to be a house full. You know, if I keep our house with the presence of God in it, there's going to be fullness of joy. Amen? Amen? Number three, when you want to defeat discouragement, what do we do? Help and bless others. 
Get your eyes off of yourself and start blessing other people. What we're going to do tomorrow night, I, listen, I'll be surprised if any of you leave here. I mean, I would be shocked if you leave here sad. Because you're going to see, I'm believing for a thousand people to come through, uh, uh, through this, on this property, come through here. If you see, let's see, that would be probably roughly 500, 600 kids. If you see 600 kids come through here, play these carnival games, get candy, and then you just tell them, if I were running a game, I would tell every one of them when I drop the candy in their bucket, Jesus loves you. See, that's, what different, that's the difference here from, from doing the other trick-or-treating and all that stuff is you don't go door to door and hear Jesus loves you. But here at Family Worship Center, God's good. Y'all have a good, have a good day. God's good. He loves you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every time you're putting candy in their bucket and you leave here after doing that for two hours, you're going to be joyful. Your, your tank, your joy tank will be full. Why? Because you're helping and blessing others. You're going to forget about whatever day you had, whatever problem you're facing. You're going to forget about it because you're helping and blessing others. What does the Bible say about this? In Proverbs 11, this is such a great scripture. Proverbs 11, verse 24. It says, there is one who scatters, yet he increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but that leads to poverty. Verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich, one who gives will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. When you water others, God waters you. What you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. Give, Luke 6, 38, if you read that out, it's not just talking about finances, it's talking about seed. Listen to me, everything in your life is seed. The Bible says that there, until as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. That whatever you sow, you will reap. When you give, it shall be given. If you give bad attitude, if you sow discord, if you give problems, if you break up friendships, break up relationships, cause issues at work, well, I just, I just can never keep a job. I just tell you, they all just, just fire me every, you know, I'm, I can, wonder, wonder why. I'm not saying that's for everybody. Listen, I know there's people in here, you just lost a job and you told me about it. I promise I'm not, I thought about you after I said the statement, okay, just to be clear. But I was not thinking about you, that was not like a loaded, loaded comment. Um. I don't think that's a problem. I'm just saying, if it's a reoccurring every month or every, you know what I mean? You gotta, sometimes you gotta look at yourself and say, what am I doing to contribute this? What am I doing to contribute to that? Amen? When you serve and bless others, listen to this. When you serve and bless others, joy flows and discouragement goes. Joy, when you do these things that we're talking about, really all of them, Joy will flow in your life and discouragement will go. Number four, fill yourself with God's word. This is so good. Fill yourself with God's word. Get in, and I'm, I, listen, get the podcast, get some good faith building, Holy Ghost preaching, and put it in your ears. If all you're having is negative thoughts, put something else in your thoughts. And I'm going to cover that in a second with number six. But one of the things you can do is put God's word. Listen to this. Uh, um, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six, well, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but verses 10 through 20, it talks about the, uh, um, 
uh, the, the armor of God. And that we have an armor that God gave us. Listen to me. When you think about armor, it covers protection, right? There's helmets. There's a breastplate of righteousness, right? There's the shield of faith. But you know, God did not only give us things that are protection-oriented. He also gave us a weapon. You know what the weapon is? It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the living Word of God. It's, this is not just a book that sits on your shelf. It's a sword that you should have in your sheath that you take out every time. Come on, devil. Come on, try again. I got something for you. I got something for you. Let me tell you, Mr. Devil, when you try to come at me with some sickness, let me tell you, the Bible says my staple of my life, which I found in my life on, tells me that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. So take, I'm, not, I'm not receiving your report. I'm receiving the report of the Lord. I'm applying the report of the Lord to my life. I put this over you every day, every way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to slash you with the sword of the Spirit. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. Spat it off three scriptures, even when the devil misquoted and twisted scripture. You've got to know the word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit. Look at Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were formed, and I ate them. You know, God's word is nourishment to your body. It'll actually help. It'll strengthen you. Proverbs tells us that. It's medicine, the uh, Proverbs says. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me, notice this, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I'm called by your name, O O Lord God of hosts. Look, um, uh, in the ESV, it says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy. Your words became to me a joy. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention. Notice this. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. And do not let them depart from your eyes. Now, we're going to revisit the scripture just a moment. I want you to go ahead and prepare for that. I want you to, if you have a paper Bible, this will be a little bit easier than a digital one. But I want you to notate words. So my son, give attention to my words. Then I want you to notate, underline, circle, however, the word ear. Incline your ear to my sayings. And then notate the word eyes. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So there you see words, ear, and eyes. Now let's keep going. He says, keep them, what? What am I keeping? God's word in the midst of my heart. For they, what? God's word, his words, they are life. Well, I just feel so dead. I just feel so defeated. I just feel lifeless. If your word level is as high as it can be, and all of us, I understand, look, look, we, we, we walk, a Christian walk, we all start where we start, and God progresses us forward. Don't compare yourself to someone else's word level. Get your word level as high as you can get it. As high as you can get it. What do I mean? Read and study God's word as much as you possibly can. If you need help with that, please come see me. If you need, where do I start? How do I do it? I'll help you. 
Is there any books? Yes, there are. There are books that can help you. If you want to learn a certain subject or a certain thing, I can point you in the right direction. And the more you grow in your confidence and knowledge of God's word, it will be life to those who find them. Man, that's good. And what else will it be? I just mentioned it. Health to your flesh. It actually, God's words actually are health to my flesh. You will feel better Recover more quickly when you apply God's words to your life. It's health to your flesh. Keep your heart. Now, notice this. Keep your heart. Guard your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the spring, or out of it flow or spring the issues of life. Read a couple more to you. Joshua 1, 8 through 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? You shall meditate on it. Meditate on God's word day and night. Look at Acts 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Well, that's what we're talking about today, that God's word will build you up. Amen? And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. All right, number five. I'm going to go through this quickly because I want to get to number six. It'll help you. Number five, notice this. Laugh every day. There's an article, and I'm not going to read the article because it's a secular article that actually has cuss words and stuff in it. But I found it interesting because the article said that your body, catch this, your body cannot tell the difference between a real laugh and a fake laugh. And that the endorphins and the, uh, whatever it's called, the psychological thing that happens when you laugh and you feel good, the, uh, 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 the chemicals that are released when you, when you laugh, that make you feel that, that euphoric, you know, heightened, you know, oh, everything's all right with the world. That your body cannot tell the difference if it's a fake laugh or a real laugh. Now think about that. God designed our bodies in a way that when we laugh, that joy comes. Now, now you saying to fake laugh, if you have to, yes. Just laugh at the devil. Well, what am I laughing at? Laugh at the fact that he's a liar. Laugh at the fact that he tried to tell you you're going down, but you know you're going up. Just laugh at his ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I don't laugh like that. Uh, brother, uh, I, I like Brother Kenneth Hagin. He's going on to be with the Lord. But I go back and listen to his old tapes and all that. And there are, just in some sermons, he would do that. He would just, and it's not his natural laugh. It's not his real laugh. And he would just, you know, I'm, you know, just laugh at the devil. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. Ha, <laughs> You think you're going to get me? You think, you think. Everybody in here, everybody in here, do this right now. Everybody in here just laugh. Just pull, pull your biggest fake laugh. You ready? One. I know, I know, it sounds crazy. I can see y'all already. Look, you're laughing, thinking about fake laughing. Look at y'all. Ready? Everybody? One, two, three. <laughs> All right. Now, as silly as that was, as silly as that was, everybody in here is smiling. Everybody in here is smiling. If I could see you online right now, you're smiling. It works. Nehemiah 8.10 Then he said to them, go your way and eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Proverbs 17, 22 says this. A merry heart does good, like medicine. 
But a broken, a broken spirit dries the bones. A merry heart is what? Like medicine. It's, it's, you know, it's a spiritual discipline. Listen, do you feel like reading the Bible all the day, all day, every day? But you do it, hopefully. Right? You make yourself. Just like you would make yourself work out. If you want to lose weight, you make yourself eat better. You, make, you, you don't want to tell the cheesecake no. You want the cheesecake. But if you want to lose weight, you can't eat cheesecake all day, every day. So you say no to the cheesecake. The same thing with our spiritual life. You have to say yes to say some things and say no to others. Do you feel like praying all the time? Be honest. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, honestly, most of the time, I'm excited about praying. But there are times where I know I need to pray and I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go about my day. I got things to do, I, 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 you know, but I've, I've made a dedication. I'm going to pray in the mornings. I'm going to start my day with prayer as much as I can. I'm trying to get an hour in before I even start my day. Before, I mean, I, and I'll pray more than that throughout the day, but I'm trying to just to start my day. If I mean, it's hard with kids and everything else, and I'm doing all I can to get it done. And sometimes, Pastor JT, as a pastor, sometimes I don't even feel like doing it. But you know what? I do it. And when I do, I feel better. Why would that be any different with joy? It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual factor in my life. I'm going to choose joy. Amen? Say this real quick. Say, I will have the last laugh. You should have the last laugh against the devil. Number six is this. This is, you know, uh, very important. I was going to say it's the most important, but they're all important. Number six, you ready? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. We just read that out of Proverbs 4. Ready? Y'all remember that? Did y'all write those words down? What did it say? It said, give attention to my words. Incline your ear. Everybody say ear. To my sayings, do not let them depart. Everybody say eyes. Do not let them depart from your eyes. And then it goes on in the last verse. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. Ready? I want you to write these two statements down. I hope you're taking notes today. And I'm wrapping up with this. Ready? Watch what you watch and heed what you hear. Watch what you watch and heed what you hear. Be, be, be mindful. Pay attention to what you're watching. He says here, do not let these depart from your eyes and incline your ear to my sayings. Why did he say that? Why did the Solomon, the wisest man on, and, and, and to have ever lived, why would he tell us, watch what you hear, he, or heed what you hear, watch what you watch, watch what you're looking at, because if the word of God is not what you're seeing, and the word of God is not what you're hearing, it's going to cause problems where? Where does our life force flow from? From our spirit, from our heart, from our inner man. Which in most places in the Bible, those are interchangeable. Inner man, spirit, heart. Man, this is so good. Guard your heart. Watch what you're watching. These are the two gates to your heart. You know, if you have a, a, a property where you've got people coming in and out, you put up a gate. Do not come in this gate. You have to have a passcode, or you have to have a, a key, or you have to have a, a whatever to enter into the gate. Don't come past this line. There are things my family will not watch, will not partake in. There are things we will not listen to. There are things we will not do. There are things we will not say. 
And you can say I'm brainwashing or whatever. I don't care. I'm not brainwashing them. I'm teaching them the word of God and I'm putting it in them in their life. And there are things we're not going to do. Why? Because it'll get in their little spirits. And in my wife and I, not just my kids, but in us. Watch what you watch. Heed what you hear. In Philippians, listen, if you, if you apply this to your life, it'll make such a big difference. Philippians chapter 4. And now, this is verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Everybody say, fix my thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true. If it's a lie, why are you fixated on it? Fix your eyes on what is, or fix your thoughts, sorry, not your eyes, fix your thoughts. Now notice this, he's talking about thoughts. I'm going to tie this together in just a second. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. Fix your thoughts on what is lovely and admirable. Think about things, listen, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and that you received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. This is Paul, he's instructing the church. He's saying, do what I've done. Then the God of peace will be with you. Think on these things. If you can, this is why I was telling you to, to, to feed yourself with the word of God. Because if you're, if you're battling with your thoughts, here's what's going to happen. You'll eventually see what you're thinking. You'll be looking for it. If you're thinking, I'm no good, I'm nobody, you're going to, every time somebody, they may give you a compliment and you'll see it as a fault. You'll begin to see it. And if you don't fixate your thoughts, begin to think on, well, how do you do that? Number one, the Bible says you renew your mind with the word, which we covered in, what point was that? Number three, right? That you fill yourself with the word of God. So when I fill myself with the word of God, it also renews my mind. I begin to think like God. When I think like God, it will help me be more mindful of what I'm watching and what I'm listening to. And if I'm listening to a bunch of mess, whether that be people at work and gossip, whether that be movies and and foul music or whatever it may be, if it's infiltrating, I'm going to realize, wait a second, that's getting in here. And then what happens is that comes back out. And then, and then joy dissipates, and the fruits of the Spirit are gone because I put in me what I'm not supposed to put in me, and it's ruining my fruit. It's poisoning my tree. And the fruit of the Spirit are what I want to grow, and I'm, if I'm feeding my life poison, I can't grow. I can't produce the fruit I'm supposed to produce. Can you say amen? amen. I want to read one more scripture. Brother uh, Durrell, if you'll come up. As we close, Acts chapter 20. This is how I want you to go about your week. All these things we talked about will help you defeat discouragement. But if I could give my sermon today a subtitle, so it'd be Supernatural Part 5. Is this Part 5 or Part 6? Part 5? Part 5. Subtitle would be this phrase that I'm about to read to you. We're going to start in verse 22. Acts 20, verse 22. This is... Uh, uh, the writer here of Acts, we believe is Luke, he says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testify, or no, I'm sorry, I believe this is Paul. Anyways, the point is, 
whoever it is, they're, they're, they're saying, hey, look, there's, there's trouble that's coming. And he says, I know it by the Holy Spirit. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. You know, the Holy Spirit will let them know there's going to be trouble. Chains and tribulation await me. Do you see that? He already knew, I'm going to do what God called me to do, and trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. Now, he also, if you read all of Paul's letters, including, uh, um, there's one letter in particular where he wrote in chains to the Philippians. He wrote in chains, and most theologians call it the joy letter. It's the happiest letter that he wrote. And he's sitting in a jail cell. Paul did not care what he went through. He did not care what he was facing because he understood that what I have in Christ is far better than what I face in this world. And, and, and if everything in this world caves in on me, I'm going to heaven. And, and, if, and if, if it doesn't, whatever I'm facing doesn't take my life and I live, guess what? God will bring me out of it. And on the other side of it, I'll be better than I was before. That God will somehow work this situation for my good. Amen? Notice what he said. This is the statement. He, so he says all that. I know that tribulations and chains await me. And then the next verse says this. But none of these things move me. I will not be moved. None of these things, they don't move me. They may move somebody else. Somebody else, because he's saying, listen, if, they, if I let these things move me, I'm not going to do what I'm called to do. Oh, come on. Can you hear me this morning? Are you still there? I know, I know it's 12 o'clock. I'm wrapping up. I'm done. Hey, can you play the music? It helps me finish. <sighs> See, I feel like going home already. Are you ready? Listen. None of these things move me. I will not be moved. Everybody say that. Say, I will not be moved. I will not be changed by what happens around me. God is for you. If you hear anything I said this morning, God is for you. And you don't, don't be moved by what the devil puts in your way. Amen. Don't be moved by what he puts around you. Amen. I hope you feel encouraged today. A joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It will bless your life. It will, it, it, it's, it's something that God, it's a supernatural, supernatural thing that is a fruit that comes forth in your life. Listen, let that fruit bud and produce in your life and do not allow the devil to steal it. Don't allow him to steal it. Amen? Just stand up on your feet.